0: Hey, welcome back. Jonathan Lehman's with us. Jonathan is an elder at Chevrolet Baptist Church in suburban Washington, D.C., editorial director for Nine Marks, which we'll talk about. Also the author of How the Nations Rage, Rethinking Faith and Politics for a Divided Age. Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Yeah, doing well. Thanks so much for having
0: me. Did you vote yet?
1: I did this morning.
0: Good. So then I hope that you followed some of your advice here in the piece that you wrote at the Gospel Coalition called How to Vote Today.
1: I did my best. Uh, yeah, sure. My own little voter's guide.
0: Excellent.
2: All right. So um, before we talk about how to vote, Mike, I just need to I need to uh, canvas you to see if you're falling in line with either me or John and Mike. Will you have your television on at like, I don't know, 10 eight, o'clock? O- 8 o'clock tonight and watching the uh, returns come in?
1: Are you asking me? Am yeah, I, I'm asking you. you? Oh yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I assume. I, I in fact, I told my my wife and kids. Look, we can have the TV on all day today, so nobody has to ask. We
2: turn on the TV oh. so
1: long as so long as we're on the news channels.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, no, so it's like a, it's like a holiday in the family there. Yeah, something like. That. Okay, I like it. <laughs> all right. Okay, so tell us, Jonathan, um, how should we vote today? Well, I gave
1: six six ways. Vote thankfully. Vote righteously. Vote strategically. Vote evangelistically. Vote ecclesiologically. And vote with a loose grip. And That's I'll be back each of those. But. Yeah, it's how we go about this vote as Christians that I think is, is crucial. I mean, obviously, what we vote is crucial as well. That's not what I'm addressing here, so much as how we approach the whole thing.
0: Okay, so, John, the the start of your piece, though, you talk about this, and I'm glad the Babylon B covered this as well, because everyone believes that this is the most important election of our lifetime. But I thought just a couple of years ago, that, that was, was the most, the most important right. election. But apparently, they This all is lie.
2: even more important than that one, apparently.
0: Right.
1: Well, think about what happens when we use all these all cap sentences and exclamation points. We, we, we say to the world, hey, it's not the gospel or God that's the most important thing. This next election is the most important <laughs> thing! Yeah. Right? When really Jesus is like, no, I'm going to win. My church is going to prevail. The elections are important. I don't want to say they're unimportant. But I just want to be careful as a Christian, as a Christ follower, what we, what we give all our emphasis to.
0: Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Boy, we need to hear that. But people don't want to hear that, do they? People are watching their cable news channel and they think if, because this happened in 2016, when President Trump won, I mean, there was one side that was jubilation and the other side was like a deep despair. And then when you go back to President Obama, the first time he won, same thing. Mm-hmm. So all of our, all of our entire lives are wrapped up in this thing. I don't think it's good spiritually, psychologically, just physically. It makes us all ill in every way possible.
1: No, that's exactly right. And look, I understand why people get upset. Government, politics deals with the matters of justice, right? And justice is important, and injustice should make you angry. You see, an abused child, you are rightly angry. Injustice should make us angry. So politics is important. Nonetheless, as Christians, our hope is not in this election or any election. Our hope is in the fact that Christ has died and has risen and is coming again. And so... I, I, all I'm trying to say in this piece and other things I've written is to like, okay, look, let's pay attention to this. Let's get involved. Let's get engaged. But you got to keep it with something of a loose grip, at least in comparison to the most important things mm-hmm. in life.
2: Yeah, so that's the question John and I have been asking is how do you talk about something that is important without making it all important?
1: Well, I think as Christians, especially what's crucial is we need to be careful about whether or not is what we're saying directly stated in Scripture, or is it like several degrees of implication removed? So if we're talking about something that Scripture directly speaks to, like, you shall not murder, okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about abortion. That's important. It's a pretty direct line. But is it something that you might call not a direct line, but a jagged line in getting from the text to the policy application? You've got to go through this reasoning and that reasoning, several levels of up. So political tactics, for instance, I would call those jagged lines. You and I might both agree that abortion is wrong, but maybe a slightly different ways of getting there. Well, I need to preserve Christian freedom and Christian liberty and respect your conscience and how you're going to come about a different way of getting to that decision. So part of the, part of the, part of the way we keep our, our you know, tempers down... Is to preserve Christian freedom, and to recognize that these are complicated issues.
0: Yeah. So, in your piece, John, you, you, you talk about voting with a loose grip, which mm-hmm. I think essentially yeah, is what I like you... That. the yeah. whole thing is up to this point. You wear things lightly because no matter who wins, it's not going to, you know, affect our salvation or our relationship with Christ. Hopefully, not.
1: Yeah, that's right. Not only that, I would say, look, you're not an apostle. I'm not an apostle. I can tell you what Jesus says in the Bible. I can't give you a direct line to Jesus on health care or on immigration mm-hmm. right. policy or on any number of other things. Again, not that those aren't important, not that we shouldn't bring biblical reasoning to bear. We should. But I cannot speak about my view on immigration reform with the same level of certainty that I can speak about the Resurrection. Resurrection, firm grip. My view on immigration reform, right, lose
2: grip. Oh, right, good. right. That's a great way to look at it. I think simply because of the complexity of these issues, um, and th- you know the very complexity of the issues belies how simple it all sounds on cable news. Because depending on what channel you're watching, it's obvious that all the smart people are going to vote for X, and all of the stupid people or the immoral people are going to vote for Y. The only problem is, depending on the cable news network, <laughs> the good people and the bad people, you know, have their role. Reversed, So, but in the real world, there's so many different ways of looking at issues. And you certainly like John was saying before you came on the air, Jonathan, that when he was growing up, his parents used to vote straight ticket. That's all it was. He'd go in and they, they three would...
0: seconds later they come out the door. They're good to go. I mean, you know, that was Pittsburgh is a largely Democratic enclave. So a lot of people, my family's friends and neighbors, I'm sure, they all voted straight ticket Democratic. There was just no wiggle room there.
2: Right. But that doesn't take yeah. into what you're saying about voting strategically, right? Trying to figure out how um, God's image bearers are cared for or honored by different candidates. The nuance.
1: Well, they're, they're well said. There's a sense in which a Christian doesn't fit neatly into any party, right? Lest we be subject entirely to the parties and not subject to king jesus there's a sense in which a christian should uh be somewhat counterintuitive in their approach to politics like i sort of fit with this group in these ways and i sort of fit with that group in those ways and neither group is entirely happy with me right but instead because i'm not taking my orders from the group i'm not taking my orders from the party or the party operatives i'm taking my orders from king jesus and so, yeah, there's, there should be a sort of an in and not of in all of our approach to politics. Like yeah. none of these shoes quite fit
0: Okay, so, John, I mean, you wrote a book about this, How the Nations Rage Rethinking Faith and Politics for a Divided Age. Quite honestly, you know, Kath and I have been doing this show uh, long enough to essentially, especially on Christian radio, to stay away from politics more often than not because what we find is no matter what <laughs> probably we, wise. It's, it is wise because what we, what we found is when we mention something politically, we get such brutal emails and phone calls de- depending upon what we say, and we're trying to sort of be easy even about the whole thing, but it doesn't work that way.
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I've I've experienced the same thing in my own ministry. It it really is tough. Absolutely. Um, What I try to do in the book is to say, hey, Christians, first and foremost, we should look to our lives in the church uh, for, for kind of a true politics, a true righteousness and justice. In other words, let's live as a transformed nation before we try to transform the nation. Let's try to be a redeemed culture ourselves before we try to redeem the culture. And it's out of the... The righteous, loving, justice-loving, loving, loving lives in a congregation. Uh, out of that should flow a, a new kind of politics that is compelling to the people. So we should engage the public square, yes. But let's be before we do, is is one of the things mm-hmm. that I say in the book because uh, that will give us moral credibility.
2: Jonathan Lehman's with us. He's an elder at Chevrolet Baptist Church in suburban Washington, D.C. He's also the editorial director for Nine Marks and the author of the book we were talking about, How the Nations Rage, Rethinking Faith and Politics for a Divided Age. Now, you wrote in your article, Jonathan, I thought this was interesting, to vote evangelistically. Um, and I thought, well, how, how, how does that even work? But I appreciate how you explained it because you said choose candidates and positions that won't prevent the church from doing its Great Commission work. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Think about when God establishes the authority for government. It's in Genesis 9, where whoever says the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. Well, that happens before Genesis 12 in the call to Abraham for a reason. Why is that? Well, you need sort of a platform of peace and order for the plan of redemption to unfold. Let me put it this way. You know, I need I need a good government, or a government in some sense, to keep peace on the streets so I can get to church, right? Lest I'm bludgeoned by bandits on the way. So there's a sense in which all of our special grace activities, our church activities, our evangelizing activities, depend upon common grace platforms. Mm. You need to know how to read before you can read the Bible, right? And so when we're voting, what that means is, I need to pay attention to, hey, is this party or this candidate going to stand in the way of the Church doing its work? Because if so, that's not why God put government there in the first place. God put government there to build this platform for the Church to do its work. So we need to be mindful of our church work and our evangelism as we vote. And that was the first thing I was trying to get out. And the second thing I was getting at, that was just to say, hey, look, take care of how you talk to all your friends. Uh, you, you mentioned a moment ago how divisive this can be. Well, yeah. do you need to air all of your politics with your with your non-Christian neighbors and colleagues? You might not undermine your, your witness to them. Do you really Do you really need to do
0: that? No, you sure don't.
2: It's complicated to live uh, strategically and engage in politics without getting sucked into politics. That's what we were, you know, that's just another way of saying, how do you talk about something that's important without making it all important?
1: Oh, and honestly, I think it's getting harder and harder. It is. It really really is. And and there's a number of reasons for that. One one of the reasons I would say for that is that because the country is increasingly divided by two pretty different, different views of justice right? And uh, justice is what makes people angry, as I said. And so the more we divide uh, over those sort of basics, the angrier people are going to get and and the harder it is going to be to enter into that conversation.
0: Right. Okay. So today's election day, finally. Of course, you're following along. Everyone's been counting the days down. So tomorrow, we're going to essentially hit the reset clock and then lean forward into 2012, which is crazy. You mean you 2020? Mean 2020. 2020, sorry. Yeah, I mean, here we go uh, again.
1: So, yeah, right. And we'll, we'll have a little bit of a, a respite, hopefully, before all the news cycle comes. Oh, but oh. Uh, after the 2016, you know, my, my, my Chevrolet Baptist Church is here in the D.C. area. During the last election, 2016, I was actually at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. We just left there to plant right down Capitol Hill. And the elections are intense times, because because Christians are, are on both sides of things, and, and right here in D.C., we feel that especially. So I have members of my church strongly feeling this way, and members of my church strongly feeling the other way, um, both seeking to uphold Christian moral principles but have different ways of thinking that needs to be done. It just takes a lot of wisdom for, for pastors and Christians generally, I think, to come to the Lord's Table together and, and maintain unity and a bond of peace amidst that. Yeah. But I think that's
0: crucial. Well, Jonathan, thanks. We count you as a friend and a kindred yeah, spirit yeah, in this battle. And,
2: and I got to say that I, I wrote down one of the lines from this article, that today's election is not the most important election in our lifetime. God's election of us was more important. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: Very, very wisely.
1: Sure is.
0: Jonathan Lehman. uh, How the Nations Rage Rethinking Faith and Politics for a Divided Age. Jonathan Lehman. Hey, take a quick break. Come back. Uh, We got lots more. We're just getting started here. It's the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
2: That is.